The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to this week's episode where we will be talking about refreshed Microsoft Whiteboard client experience coming, and it's quite a big announcement. We will also be covering how Microsoft wants more of your money to cover the cost of their services in Microsoft 365 and the new lightweight plans in Planner. It's a very interesting concept, and we're going to dive in and tell you what it's about and along with, of course, several other announcements. But um, let's first check in with Daryl. How are you, sir? I'm, you doing all I, right? I'm good, thanks, Daniel. Yeah, it, um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about breakout rooms, and I know that school's going mm-hmm. back in, in the U.S. soon. But we actually get to benefit mm-hmm. from some of these things uh, within the corporate sense. So, yay, we'll, we'll get to talk about mm-hmm. breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, I have some good examples for breakout. I think I brought it up a couple times uh, here on the show of how we use breakout rooms. So um, maybe maybe we just dive right in. Let's do that. Uh, and start. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of breakout room announcements, and we're going to cover them back to back. The first one is breakout rooms, pre-meeting room creation, and participant assignment. This is MC27889. And this is rolling out beginning mid-September, completed in late September. And this is going to give organizers the capability to pre uh, to create rooms before the meeting starts and assign participants to those rooms before the meeting starts. And we'll be able to uh, bulk create and delete rooms, like I said, uh, renaming those rooms uh, beforehand, uh, be able to, uh, I, and I really think this pre-assigning participants is huge. We This is a, I feel like, uh, a feature that has been missing uh, in, and people have been looking for being able to say, I'm going to have breakout rooms and I want to be able to assign these people to those rooms. So just like we can now get to the meeting settings it, before the meeting happens in Teams and change the settings for presenters and all that, who can bypass the lobby. This one will be able to create rooms from the breakout rooms tab uh, and do all of those things I mentioned, renaming, assigning people. Now, this is going to be there's a couple of caveats here, we, and we need to make sure we understand this, is that one, if the meeting has more than 300 people, you're not going to be able to assign those uh, people to rooms. It's just not going to happen because of the limitations of breakout rooms. And the other uh, item here is you have to be invited and be in the tenant. I'm sorry, you have to be invited uh, to be able to be, you know, selected to be assigned to the room, which makes sense. If this is a channel meeting and you've not invited anybody, then you've just invited the channel, then you don't know who's going to show up and or who's really going to accept that meeting. So uh, that's kind of the caveats there. What do you think, Daryl? Is this 
are you excited about this like I am? Because this is a, like I said, for me, it's a feature that I think we've been wanting for a while with breakout rooms. I, I think uh, breakout rooms have been underused probably for this reason, that, you know, to try and create more interaction within meetings and getting people to talk in smaller groups, it was just such a hassle to get people to join the rooms, you know, and if you wanted to put people in specific rooms, you couldn't do it ahead of time. Um, so this is definitely a great advancement. Looking forward to, to seeing this in action. Well, I've, we've actually got some ideas about how we will use it for regarding 365. Yeah, so rolling out next month, and we should be seeing that pretty soon. And then right on the back end of this one was another breakout mm. rooms message that I think does even more and gives us more functionality that we've been kind of wanting. Uh, tell us all about it, will you please? Yeah, Dave? well, they are linked. So this this message it yes. does mention something of a new role called a breakout rooms manager. And so this uh, is the message about breakout rooms presenter support. This is MC278893. Um, like I said, one of the, the troubles with trying to set up rooms and get people to interact and you know go to, go to plan is uh, if you were the organizer you had to do it yourself because you were the only one that had permissions and like I might have Daniel off to the side and it's like, okay Daniel just tell everyone about how this uh, next part of the workshop's going to run and I'll go ahead and create the rooms and assign people but now we'll have a role called a breakout room manager who uh, can be assigned ahead of time as we saw in the previous message uh, and we can have multiple breakout room managers. We don't know how many yet. They will be able to do pretty much everything that a organizer can do. If we scroll on down here, we've got assigning users to rooms, add and delete rooms, open and close rooms. They can actually say, right, we're going off to our breakout rooms now to discuss the next question, away you go. Reassigning people to rooms, sending announcements, um, recreating rooms and setting times. So all of those sorts of things definitely will be uh, helpful to assign to a co-pilot or two or three uh, when you're running these workshops. So that role um, means, oh, they can also choose to, to join whatever breakout room they wish. Um, so that's a, another good uh, capability there. But one thing uh, that Daniel and I we were talking before the show um, is that you want to be cautious about how many breakout room managers you've got. Because some of those capabilities are, are quite powerful and can you imagine people closing and opening rooms and continuing to do that uh, and, and conflicting with each other what do you think Daniel yeah and, yeah and it doesn't even need to be nefarious or any anything like that it could just be all right you know the the main speaker says okay let's go ahead and kick off the breakout rooms and uh, and then they, you know, they're about to click it and they're like, but let's first, I guess, cover and, the, but too late. One of the other managers has went blip and everyone's gone poof and they've gone off to their rooms. Mm. It's like, wait, I didn't want that to happen. Right. So when you are assigning managers, I think you just need to communicate before the meeting, how you're going to handle the meeting and how you're going to handle the breakout mm. rooms. That's, you know, I think communication is key in every relationship. And it's key here with between organizers and these managers, making sure that you just communicate how we're going to run this thing and who's going to do what. Mm -hmm. um, and but Daryl, you know, 
this this is another aspect I think of breakout rooms that really have bothered a lot of people in that it had to be the organizer to do all this stuff yes. in the meeting when the organizer may not be the person who's you know running this uh, you know managing this process and so this gives that capability of saying okay I'm setting this meeting up and I'm going to assign you know these managers to handle it I agree with you you got to watch how many people you assign as managers. Yeah. Um, well, um, that's uh, expected to be begin mid-September and should be complete late September, like the last, <laughs> the last uh, message. And so both together are also empowering schools to uh, make better use of breakout rooms too. But Daniel, let's uh, hear a bit about this next one. It's, it's a bit of a lightweight message. Ha-ha. <laughs> lightweight plans in planner, MC279. 089 and this is a an interesting development in the planner area because let's think about the way planner works now if you create a plan in planner then you are creating a 365 group and this is helpful for you know when you're working on projects uh communicating in a team and being able to work on your plan and assign tasks and so forth. But what if you're in a meeting and it's not a it's not a meeting from a team, it's just an ad hoc meeting and you want to create some tasks and, you know, a, a kind of a, a plan, but you don't want it, you know, you don't want a group, maybe it's just a a one-off kind of thing. And that's where I think this lightweight plans comes about. So what a lightweight plan is, it uses this new concept called uh, roster container, which is a planner only kind of concept. So don't think they're introducing a new Azure group thing. It's, it's only in planner, but it's basically being able to create a plan. And now it's not fully featured. It is lightweight, but a plan that is then shared with those that you share it with that is part of, you know, this meeting. Let's say we're having this meeting. We have this plan and we all have the same permissions. We're all in there able to create lanes. We're all able to, you know, create tasks. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's just an easy way to have something to where you don't have to resort to, um, you know, some other tool when you don't want to group. And I've got a good example uh, for this. And then I'm going to ask, ask you, Daryl, what you think about this. But um, I, we're, we're, um, my company is right now scheduling some webinars. There's going to be, a, it's going to be a series of webinars. One's going to be a panel and then three breakout webinars, basically. And we've been talking about the title and what we're going to talk about and how we're going to organize things and assigning. You have to come up with your name and your abstract and all the. And so there's been tasks that we all need to communicate. And then there's five of us that are kind of part of all of this. And it's been emails flying back and forth, frankly, and it's been kind of crazy. Um, but if we had a plan. Now we don't have a group. This is an in in a month. This this work group is gone, right? So we don't have a group. It's if we had this lightweight plan, we'd be able to create tasks and assign and and really keep track of all the things that need to happen before this happens. Because you know one person has to go and schedule these and start promotion mm. on social media and and send out email. You know all that kind of stuff. 
So it would be perfect for something like that. Um, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, this kind of removal, this is another uh, service in Microsoft 365 that is providing capability without a Microsoft 365 group. Um, hmm. That's This is an interesting development, I think. What do you, what do you think? Well, the, the plans will still be in the Planner app, uh, what we're reading here, that uh, let's say you are in that meeting, you want to list off a few tasks and, and have somewhere to refer back to those tasks and complete them as action items after a meeting. Um, they will be available in Planner. Um, so it's it's just that they won't have features like OneNote and a SharePoint site or being able to attach documents to those to those tasks. Um, but the part that kind of interests me too, uh, it's further down here where we're we're thinking about how um, there's some restrictions. Uh, you know, with a lot of these services, Daniel, what can we turn off? <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's warning us that if you do uh, turn off the rostered container capability, that you are going to break something to do with meeting notes integration and in tasks and the tasks ecosystem. And we haven't really seen what that is yet, but I think it's it's about the new experience with meeting notes and OneNote, and that when you create a task maybe it becomes part of this lightweight plan in the background. Yeah, I find this note pretty interesting because what it's saying is if you prevent these lightweight plans by turning off the roster containers, then you're not going to be able to do what you just said, use this new functionality that we have not seen, but to create using meeting notes to create tasks for people. Mm. So you're not going to be able to do that across the board. Even if you, you know, even if this meeting is a channel meeting that is a, a part of a group, you know, mm. and you're taking meeting notes, you still won't be able to, apparently, you still won't be able to do that. Yeah. So there's actually a ramification to turning this off. Um, and I, I, I feel like you, you know, if you told me, you made me Decide. Should I leave this on or turn it off? I'd say leave it on. Uh, but every, you know, company needs to kind of consider what they're going to do here. But I feel like this, uh, there is a lot of need for this of keeping track in a group way of tasks without a group. <laughs> in a group way without a group. Yeah. Um, you know, because we have to, we have our own personal task management, but that's, and it does have some capability of allowing people to see and, and but it, it doesn't have what Planner has. And so I, I feel like uh, there is um, room for this to work. Mm. I don't like the decoupling from groups, um, but in this case, it, it seems like it does work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's move on to recording one-on-one -on -one calls yeah well you pretty much said it actually that's what <laughs> what it is uh, we've been able to record meetings um, and we've been able to create transcripts uh, but uh, what is coming um, to the one-to-one -one call experience whether it's voice over ip or pstn calls is transcription and recording um v2 V2? Oh, I don't know. Um, MC27. Calls yeah, okay, calls at V2. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. because it, it uh, has needed a lot of work. MC279469 
Um, so think about this, that when you are in a call, let's say Daniel and I are, are have, having a bit of a chat and I say, hey, Daniel, is it okay if we record and transcribe this so that neither of us have to take any notes? Sounds good. But I've called Daniel um, over a PSTN call. I've just called him on his mobile. Maybe he doesn't use Teams. Um, so how do I get that transcription to him? Um, well, fact is, yes, we can have that recording called. It's going to create the, a file that uh, I can take and perhaps share with him. I, we are assuming here that the recording will be stored in the OneDrive of the person who hit record. Um, and then uh, a transcription as well. Now, if you want to view this and maybe you're doing this uh, recording or transcribing with someone within your organization who has Teams, um, then both of you will be able to see this in, in your call um, history, um, in the chat history and in the call details pane. You can go through and much like you can today with meetings, you can um, you know, play that there and, and also watch the transcription. That will also be the same place you can go to uh, get the file to share with someone who you just called them on their mobile. Um, but yeah, there's probably a few details that are missing. Uh, not to mention some of the ones that have been heavily obscured in these screenshots. <laughs> um, lots of blurring. Yes, it's lots of blurring. I, and I will say one thing that Daryl just mentioned about the whole asking for permission to record. You know, we do this in meetings, you know, saying, oh, well, usually we do. I've been in meetings where they just hit record and you're like, I wasn't asked if I wanted to be recorded. Um, the But there are laws you know, for this type of stuff. So you need to make sure that here's what I do. You need to make sure you ask for permission. And not only that, but I actually, here's a little tip for you, is that I ask for permission when given permission, I hit record. And then I say, we are recording uh, just to, you know, remind you that we are recording this uh, with your permission. And that way it's just a kind of a reminder, hey, I have recorded proof that I said we were recording and that you gave permission. Um, because there are laws and you don't want to get into legal trouble at all with any of this. Because you can think about this one-on-one, -on -one, someone hitting record mm. and, uh, you know, you could get into kind of a sticky situation. I, w I wonder but, what they hear uh, at the other side of this, Daniel, if it's a PST. That call. is a very good you know, Is it announced, very good um, hey, this meeting has now been recorded, and then you're back to your regular program with uh, your person talking on the other side? Yeah, other, other kind of functionality like this prior to Teams, you would hear like a beep, mm -hmm. you know, every once in a while. Um, you know, to kind of give you an indication that something's going mm. on. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it, I think it would be nice to have an audible, this meeting is now being recorded, mm. you know, mm. um, for those that are, are just phoning in. But So it looks like yeah. September's going to be a busy month like August was supposed mm -hmm. to be. Um, in fact, we know some updates that have been pushed to September. But yeah, this is coming to standard and GCC tenants in late September, expected to be complete mid-October. And for GCC high and DOD tenants, um, you'll have it late October and completed mid-November. Daniel, this next update we're going to tag team, aren't we? Because there's so much in it. It's about Microsoft Whiteboard. Woohoo. Yeah, it's 
refreshed Microsoft whiteboard client experience coming soon. MC279627. And you're right. This is a mammoth of a message. I'm just going to blast it through. Had, I, didn't even, I didn't even count how many bullet points with new functionality is being added here, but it's a, let's call it a plethora of new and and changes to functionality. Uh, we I think we have some of our favorites that are in here, but you definitely need to take a look at this. Now, you know, no, we don't have a way of, of demoing this for you. However, Microsoft has given us the uh, capability. They've showed a video and some nice website there. Um, so being able to kind of demonstrate what they're talking about. Mm. Um, but talk to us, Daryl, about this real-time collaboration, uh, yeah. making it easier. Well, they, they, they've grouped um, some of these features un, under different headings, like that with real-time collaboration. That's really one of the key strengths of Whiteboard is everyone's in on it and using it at the same time. But what they're adding is... Um, collaboration cursors seeing a bit more of where people are they you could kind of see that earlier it's just it was not as descriptive laser pointer uh, the idea of following along so um, you're bringing people to to where you're working and helping people to to see that um, you know different templates that are available but yeah you can see it in action here it's it's um Getting closer to I, some. I like the templates. Yeah, well, it it does it does help, doesn't it? Um, it does. It's getting closer to a couple of other well known products that are out there for, for whiteboard and collaborative uh, experiences. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's the collaborative yeah. features. Um, but what about the boosting of rich creativity and interactive content, Daniel? Yeah, and the idea here about how you can you know insert images and and documents in your whiteboard i think it's fantastic to be able to collaborate on those um having more of a you know and we've talked about the fluid components uh, on the show before bringing those in um in these kind of aspects of of whiteboard and being able to collaborate there I think that is a great experience for creation, mm. you know, content creation of let's let's modify or refine what we're doing here as a group and come up with, uh, you know, a better way of of doing whatever the task is at hand. Um, that and then node I think grid? The, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that node grid, um, uh, there's more yes. options there. Like so often when you're wanting to use something like this, but you kind of want to have your notes all in some kind of orderly fashion. Um, that boom, there's a note grid and there's a few options to, to display that, reorder it, even vote on on notes as well. Yeah, and I think just having, like I said, templates, but also I want more more items, and that's what that's what they're giving us than having to draw everything mm. or you know bring in outside stuff. I want you know I want more types of blocks and post-it notes and images and reactions, and I want more of that kind of stuff that's pre-made. Because frankly, 
most of us are on a mouse. Uh, you know, yes, there's some people with a tablet and mm. pen, but most of us are using a mouse and keyboard. And so bring in more stuff like that for us to make it easier to, to collaborate in this white space um, and whiteboard. And it, they're doing that. So that, yeah, that, you know, fair point. You know, if we are using our mouse a lot, then some of us are pretty terrible at drawing, let alone with the mouse. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what we see here is an example of, of drawing shapes and that whiteboard yeah. does a far better job at recognizing and turning that into the intended shape. It is limited to ovals, oblongs, diamonds, as you see there, um, but it, it is at least giving you that capability to, to draw the, um, the shapes and, and uh, not worry too much about that. And, and hopefully that'll get better, mm. uh, you know, giving us having better recognition um, on that. So I'm, I'm really, I'm liking this, and you you mentioned it before. This is bringing it more in line with some of the other kind mm -hmm. of tools in this space that non Microsoft tools, uh, I they needed it, and love to see that the, it's happening here. Mm. So, um, so the the key thing about this uh, update, Daniel, isn't it? Like, there's just so many things in there. They talk about how mm -hmm. that what when is this going to happen? It'll be it's happening now, but it's also rolling out between now and late September. Uh, and then there's some bullet points in there where it even mentions that it won't necessarily be in this next update. It might be in a future update. Yeah. So, but hard to follow. Yeah, like things, uh, there's a voting. So you're able to like and, and unlike sticky notes, mm. you know, so kind of a voting kind of, but they're, they're going to have a better voting experience uh, but it's not going to be in this update. It'll be in a future mm. update. Things like that. That's an example of, oh, that's cool. That'd be great to vote on here. We've got these ideas. We've whittled down everything to these three things. Now let's pick one. Mm. And we're able to like and dislike, but it would be great to vote and, and maybe have even more complex voting, like picking the top two instead of just one, right? Uh, you know, stuff like that. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but... That would be nice if it did. Yeah. Um, well, this next uh, discussion topic, Daniel, is not really yes. a message as much as it is um, a announcement. It should have been. <laughs> it should have been, yeah. It should have been an announcement. Um, this is the Microsoft wants more of your money. Uh, <laughs> a blog post was put out on the Microsoft 365 blog on the 19th of August, and new pricing is coming for many of the licenses, the Office 365 and Microsoft 365 licenses. These will go into effect March 1st of 2022. Uh, E1 is going from $8 to 10, E3, this Office 365. E1, E3 is going from 20 to 23, E5 from 35 to $38. A Microsoft 365 E3 is going from 32 to 36, and a business premium is going from 20 to 22. Mm. Uh, there's no changes for education and consumers. So uh, if you have a Microsoft 365 family or personal, they may have renamed those. They like to do that. But if you have any of those, those uh, com uh, consumer licenses, those are not changing in price. So... Uh, I think this is interesting, Daryl, because uh, there's a couple of things here. One, um, 
it goes into effect March 1st, but when you sign up for services, you sign up for a year. Mm-hmm. Now you are paying monthly, but you sign up for a year. It's a contract. So I'm not sure if your bill is going to actually change in March of 2022 or when your renewal happens because you have a yearly renewal. I'm not entirely sure uh, when that will take place. It's not. It does not say in the blog post at all. I have a feeling we'll get more information uh, as we get closer. Uh, but also, if I mean, if you look at the price increases here, E1 it, going from $8 to 10 Okay, that's just $2. Fine. Just $2 per user per month. But that's a 25% increase in license. Mm. So if you, as an organization, use E1s, primarily, then you're going to have a 25% increase in your licensing costs. Um, if you're an E3, Microsoft 365 E3, you're going to have a 12.5% increase from 32 to 36. So these are real numbers. You know, this is, you know, so you're going to have to talk to your finance team. You're going to need to revisit your budget on what you're paying here. Because even if you have a, a medium-sized business, your budget needs to change for your licensing. It's been pretty predictable up until this point, and now it's going to change. I mean, what do you think? Is this is this something we should be? I I don't I haven't heard anybody up in arms at all about this. But is this something that we need to? We should expect more in the future. I mean, what do you think? Well, I, I think this? that we've been pretty lucky to get to this point where price increases have, have been few and far between. Um, so I don't expect that next year or even in two years' time that there'll be um, another similar increase. But it, it's it's mm-hmm. fair to think that there would be some increase after, after this time. It's just... Uh, it is significant enough for businesses, and it's great when you frame it up from a percentage that take that same percent and think about that as an increase in your budget as well. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, they've got a, we've got a bit of time to to plan ahead. It's not till first of March twenty twenty two. Maybe that might be reshuffling. Might even cause. Uh, some organizations to reevaluate whether they need an E3 and whether they could just downgrade to an E1. It's don't know. It's time for that again. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Indeed. Quick mentions. Let's do some quick mentions, Daryl. Yes. Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, so this first one, uh, let's find that. We've got Cortana adds new skills to push to talk. Uh, at new skills and push to talk uh, is enabled by default, and this is MC279087. This is for Microsoft Teams meeting rooms, um, and it, it's um, I like I like that Cortana has been brought in to try and uh, make I guess the meeting room experience a bit safer if you if you've got this device in the middle of your room mm-hmm. that you're not necessarily all touching it and you know, I'm trying to bring someone in and I'm dialing a number, but you'll be able to do this with your voice and say, hey, Cortana, can you bring in uh, Daniel to this call? And Cortana will say, Daniel, who? I've got 300 Daniels. <laughs> so um, anyway, and, but then on the other side of this, there's push to talk. So 
One feature that means I'm not touching the machine in the middle of the, the boardroom table, but another one which is push to talk. Um, all good. So push to, you know, make that command. Anyway, these, these features are coming as a service update to meeting rooms during the week of August 23rd. So this week, people, if uh, this is something you've been looking mm -hmm. forward to, um, <laughs> tell us what you think when it arrives and whether yeah. it understands you or, or makes it any easier or maybe a bit more difficult. Uh, Daniel, tell us about... It probably won't understand you if you're from New Zealand. I'm certain, almost certain. Tell me about the next one. Yes. Tenant setting to disable the creation of new SharePoint 2013 workflows, MC279468. This is giving us a new parameter, a PowerShell parameter to block the creation of new 2013 workflows. And as you've pro if you've involved with SharePoint workflows, you have seen the writing on the wall, they've turned off 2010 workflows, and 2013 is not gonna be that far behind. Well, now you can do it from your tenant. Go ahead and turn those off because frankly, when you get to migration time, because Microsoft says, hey, we're turning off 2013, you need to move these. Uh, it would be better if you go ahead and start using Power Automate or some other service, if that's your thing, uh, doing that now rather than allowing users to create these new workflows and then having to migrate them later. This is will be available uh, or is available uh, August 10th. So I'm sorry, August 10th is when the uh, minimum PowerShell um, was released. It will be available. This parameter will be available late August. Um, so it's, it's pretty soon, but we'll be able to do a, uh, set SPO tenant and change that for the whole tenant. Well, that that brings us to the end of a, a quite a varied list of messages. So I think before <laughs> we we started recording, Daniel, like um, you said, oh, it's, it's all about teams. But there was quite a a span there, wasn't there, of experiences and things to, to learn about. Um, so th thanks for everyone joining us in the live chat. For uh, those of you who are catching the recording afterwards. Um, we do thank you that that you know you continue to catch up with uh, what's happening and changing in Microsoft 365. Um, we will continue to keep uh, talking about these messages. Uh, do yeah. follow us on the socials. Uh, it's uh, 365MCS on Twitter, um, 365Message Center Show on LinkedIn. That's one that we kind of a uh, uh, we usually are telling people about this this broadcast uh, before mm -hmm. it's um, made public um, over there. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else, Daniel? Yeah, and make, well, make sure you like, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like this video, kick the bell reminder so that you get reminded, and punch the subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, thank you very much. Well, what it would be great is if you would just share this podcast with your friends, post it on Facebook or on Twitter and just say, hey, I listened to this show. Uh, we'd much appreciate it. Tag us at 365MCS, uh, wherever you're posting on social media. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening this week. We hope this has been helpful for you and your organization. See you next week.